0: You're listening to Almost Diplomatic, a DC based podcast that discusses geopolitics, national security, a whole bunch of nonsense over beers. And as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy! Welcome back to another episode of Almost Automatic. I'm your host Ryan Young, and joining me today is
1: Pickreya Saliashvili,
2: Robert Thomas, and Lex Cardone.
0: And we're recording on June 30th, 2019.
2: Welcome back, guys. Pickreya, welcome
0: back. It's been a uh, it's been a while. It's
1: been a long, long time. <laughs> episode it was
0: uh episode 32 is the last time you we were on. This one will be 41. So uh, it's good to be back. Then. I, I, well, I'm glad. Well, basically, you know, I'm glad it finally took Georgian protests to get you to come back <laughs> on. <laughs> It's like oh, political people in, in Georgia. Oh, now will come back, come <laughs> crawling it's, back. It's I, just I, so
2: it's, yeah. per, it's too perfect. <laughs> oh, a, man.
3: I just want to note that in honor of your coming back, Ryan actually managed to get through the intro without screwing it up at least once. Hey, I was so, really no so proud knows, of, so of you. No one ever knows to edit out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfect. You gave it away. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, but uh, if anyone. Ever... revealed his deepest, darkest secret. Yeah. Well, actually, because that so was phony clearly... it.
0: You're a big phony! Well, it's actually, if you, if you ever listen to, like, after the outro music, I always put my fuck ups there. So people can listen to it. It's pretty funny most of the time. Okay.
1: I didn't know that. Good to know.
0: Yeah. yeah. Too hot for TV. <laughs> but. Okay. So but anyway. everyone
3: else can hear you cursing as much as the rest of us do.
0: <laughs> so before we talk about the uh, Georgian protests and all that stuff happening, uh, Guitar appears as per n- normal. And uh, today we are drinking uh, Stone Brewing's Enjoy by July 4th. Um, and this is described as, this is on their website, they say, for this version of, of Stone Enjoy by IPA, we thought we don't always have a filter, so that actually doesn't matter. This is basically unfiltered IPA.
2: So, what is unfiltered? What does that mean? I,
0: I think it means it's usually strongest. That's why this beer is 9.4? Yeah, uh, boy. So Yeah. And it's, it, I think it won't last as long. Oh, really? uh, I think that's the idea. I have no idea. Wait, so when did you buy it? I mean, it's, it's good before the 4th. I got it, like, the other day.
1: So can you drink it on the 5th?
0: Probably, yes. <laughs> yeah. If, <laughs>
2: he'll try it and he If you're being a rebel. <laughs> as soon AI. as 12 o'clock on uh, the, f- the morning of the 5th comes, it just skunks immediately.
0: I love that.
1: It's actually a good IPA. Yeah. yeah. I don't even like IPA.
2: It's not... I thought I'd, it would be a bigger bite with the alcohol content, but... <laughs>
0: no, I think... Yeah, it's pretty good. I, Stone is probably my favorite brewing... Um, company yeah. by far and yeah I mean, we had to enjoy by on uh, christmas for, for for the for the holiday episode you know so enjoy by um those new years, new year's yeah i didn't like that one as much the one on christmas the year before was great it was like a right. 10 we got, i got i like drunk like 20 minutes into that episode uh, <laughs>
1: what state is this though uh
0: california it's california.
2: Almost, it's a san diego brewery I think.
0: Oh, cool. yeah, solid. so uh with our new untapped app <laughs> what are we gonna rank this
2: uh what's it's out of four
0: uh, four, it was like, it's uh, at a... At five. One, one to five. One to five. Or zero to five. I'll take four. Yeah, I'll go with the four. Um, I'll go with the five. Yeah, I was going to five
2: anyway.
1: Okay, let's go with five. <laughs> it <laughs> was good. Five. It's good. I don't no. want
2: to give it perfect because it's not perfect.
1: That's what I was thinking. Yeah, That's why yeah. it's like, it's great, I, but I it's
2: not it a perfect. 4.75. Yeah. 4. There
0: we go. Okay. <laughs> oh, you can actually <laughs> you break can, it down yeah. by that. Oh, okay. Yeah. You okay.
3: misled us. We thought we
0: were stuck yeah. on the accurate...
3: <laughs> yeah. Point scale
0: right no it's most all well, that and it's like I, we do we keep doing this like you have a better idea of how we actually feel about drinks but now like, it doesn't really matter because we see how i think about how i feel the drinks
2: yeah <laughs> Democracy, well what yeah. else is what else is new we all like put our opinion forward and you ignore us
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah yeah
1: Yay! benign dictatorship
2: benign i was about <laughs> to say i'm not sure about that listen you know
0: <laughs>
2: sometimes but uh... it's a liberal democracy we listen to what you say and we choose to ignore it
0: (laughs) okay um picker as the token georgian Uh, (laughs) (laughs) right i I resent that i
1: resent that (laughs) that's fine
0: um you have that right now because you're american um what's going on in georgia
1: okay so everything started actually on june 20th uh, when in georgia they brought 15 countries together for a summit uh, bringing different orthodoxies for a summit in Georgia. And what kind of sparked the protests was the Russian MP, Gavrilov, when he took the Speaker's chair. And uh, when he took the Speaker's chair, the opposition party members kind of stormed um, around the Speaker's chair, and the information was shared outside. And when Georgians heard that a Russian MP was speaking from a, uh, Georgia's uh, parliamentary speaker's chair, it kind of became very symbolic because since Russia occupies 20% of the Georgian territory, uh, kind of seeing that, Georgians took it as a slap in the face. So a lot of Georgians kind of showed up in parliament protesting that a Russian was at, allowed to do that. And then it kind of devolved into they were asking for the resignation of the Georgian parliamentary speaker, Kovachite, uh, but then it, the events took... Um, a very different turn of events happened that could have been expected because at, towards the evening some people tried to storm parliament there were peaceful protesters and then the prime minister came out and said that georgian police would not use any force to disperse protesters i think his quote was that the rubber bullets and tear gas was not their mo And then, so, and this was like 10 minutes before the police used rubber bullets. So,
0: yeah, it was uh, it was like 260 odd odd people got, yeah, it was injured during this, yeah, not police. It was more than
1: 200 people, some people lost their eye. And And the interesting thing is, uh, this could all have probably have been avoided if the parliamentary speaker had resigned, um, whether it was a fault or not a fault. Basically, the police um, started using tear gas, started using rubber bullets, and yeah. this was after the, there was some. There were reports that some people had actually tried to storm parliament, mm-hmm. but by the time the police started using force, those small elements had already been neutralized.
2: Yeah. And as the interior minister, that falls under your jurisdiction, exactly. So if- your subordinates screw up; it kind of falls to you. Yeah, to exactly. Bite the bullet. But yeah, it bite was bite the rubber bullets. It, I mean, also.
0: it was it was a uh, it was quickly mobilized protests as like the like, reactionary protests happened like that day. It wasn't like oh wait, two days from oh the no, it, it, was it
1: happened like anything. while it was happening. And <laughs> yeah. the Gavrilov like left the country immediately.
2: And Gavrilov uh, remind me, is he he's one of those guys that seems to be the Kremlin keeps around as kind of an opposition that is more extreme than the normal party, like the Zimikovsky, the Liberal Democratic, or the. Yeah. National he, he, Bolshevist Party or yeah, something. No, he, yeah, no he's yeah. from
0: the Russian Communist
3: the,
2: Party. Yeah, but he's one of these <laughs> And like, yet is op- somehow an active
3: part- Orthodox Christian because, yes. because those two things have historically gone together so well.
2: Technically he's opposition but he's kind of kept around to like test the waters on certain policy positions for the Russian state because, mm-hmm. you know, Putin's going to be like, well, let's let's not invade Alaska or something. And then yeah. they'll say, let's invade Alaska and reclaim, <laughs> make Alaska great again. Opposition in like quotation marks. Like, let's test the waters to see how far we can go opinion-wise. Yeah. He's,
3: so. he's, definitely not a significant independent personality like most most (laughs) Russians would not recognize his name right in any sense that he just like most Americans wouldn't recognize any number of fairly run-of-the-mill members of Congress right I can't tell who is for
2: the state he's uh, (laughs) a dinner robot (laughs) that would be an interesting point of comparison yeah (laughs)
0: yeah yeah But I mean, so it's kind of. People who don't know, uh, Georgia was part of the Soviet Union for a a long time. Yeah. And they regained their their independence in 1990. And then, yeah, it kind of went. And then these these basically sections of the country are like, oh Mm -hmm. no, we want to be independent or part of Russia, where they fought against the Georgian military.
1: Yeah, and I think there is a lot of context behind that, too, of like Russia's involvement in Georgia. Because if you look at uh, in the 1990s, that's when Abkhazia separatism came to the forefront. And that's when Russia funded and supported separatist groups in Abkhazia, where right now Abkhazia is still... um, Part of Georgian territory, as recognized by the United States, but the UN and everybody else. But it's de facto independent, only recognized by Russia as independent, and some other countries.
0: It's like it's. it's, yeah, I it's a Russian puppet at, state. No, it's yeah. it's it's, uh, it's Syria, Nicaragua, and and Nauru, oh, which, if wow. you didn't know, is a tiny island in the Pacific, that has about 12,000 yeah. people. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> there's a. I mean, were the during the Soviet Union were the Abkhaz and this, this uh, the Ossetians? Did they have their own? So- no. Soviet republics. So it was all within the Georgian. No, Soviet it was Republic. all part
1: of Georgia. So yeah, yeah. it was all part of Georgia, and then during during the nineties, uh, small like Russia supported groups in Abkhazia started demanding independence. Mm-hmm. And then as part of that war, I think more than hundred thousand Georgians were it became IDPs, internally displaced people within Georgia. Right. And they had to like cross the mountains to get to to police in other parts of Georgia, and their relations between. um, people who are in abkhazia and like just general georgian parliament georgian government hasn't improved that much yeah
2: the word ethnic cleansing comes to mind
1: I mean, I yeah. wouldn't label R- it ethnic R- cleansing R- because R- it becomes like so like technical in terms of like yeah. what is ethnic cleansing. I think,
0: but I think it was it was in some in some instances it's been like technically it's not like okay they didn't kill everybody they like oh but we took well, it they didn't kill anybody, to anybody to but they their towns they or yeah that.
1: yeah if they're Georgians they were expelled basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There yeah. Was, yeah.
2: it wasn't kill- mass killings or anything yeah. it was no. just like and because these territories were not no. strictly obsession no. no. or strictly cause yeah you know, the majority of people there were Georgians.
3: yeah so. Maybe you could speak a little bit to some of the kind of history of how the relationship between Georgia and Russia was conceived Mm -hmm. earlier on in the Soviet period uh, and how that's informed their relations today. Because uh, there's, of course, a big elephant in the room, a rather important historical personage in the history of the Soviet Union who came from Georgia Oh, (laughs) that...
1: our yeah. Favorite son. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Stalin was from Georgia, but we don't like to play up that fast. <laughs> Russia can <gonna> have him. <laughs> you'd,
3: rather, you'd rather emphasize the wine as a major export. than, yes. you, uh, than Stalin.
1: He's not the most.
3: So so
2: Canadians okay. don't want to take Justin Bieber, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so <a> no. <laughs> that was quite the comparison. last. I mean, it's a different. It's a, it's,
3: a, it's,
0: a, it's a different kind of mass murder. <laughs> on your ears. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, boy. In yeah, eyes. but I
1: mean, I mean Georgia. It was it was interesting though. So Georgia, during the Soviet Union, was considered basically like a like a vacation getaway for like people throughout the United uh, for the throughout the Soviet Union because of the climate, because of the food and the culture and everything. But it was still under the Soviet Union, so politically, like they tried to clamp down on religion. Uh, obviously, they had people in power who would control like what was happening in Georgia. But at the same time, it was still very much looked at as uh, uh, it, it wasn't independent, obviously, but like a an sleepy, outlier. A sleepy backwater. It was yeah. outlier. There was an instance, I forget the year, but the Georgian... Uh, the um, Soviet officials actually tried to ban Georgian from schools. And there was such a huge backlash that they actually stopped doing that. Really? And they, they're like, okay, you can have the Georgian language. So it's... it's obviously, you can't really call it independent. But there was some semblance of, like, a slight small rebellion. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's been around. And I feel like, so from that moment, I mean, it was like a Soviet mentality of, like, being dependent on Moscow and being dependent on this, like, larger power. And it's actually funny because when you speak to the older generation in Georgia... They, I've I've had people say to me, "Oh, Stalin could know that could have been happening. Stalin didn't know this," or like so many people died and they were um, like sent to Siberia or like bad things happening. And I've I've had people say like, "Oh, Stalin didn't know this. This was happening." I was like, "I'm sorry, what?"
2: <laughs> Stalin, <laughs> he signed the peace yeah, and centralized, this is like <laughs> he centralized power more than yeah. Like and these are like the older
1: generations, yeah, so yeah. like people who remember the Soviet Union and then. They, but when you see when you talk to younger Ger- people and Ger- when even the generation of like... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's changed. Yeah. It's changed.
2: And now since, you know, and going back to the Rose Revolution, was that 04 and yeah. Sakashvili, is there still this kind of like, now that we're trying to distance ourselves from Russia, this kind of EU-Western focus, mm-hmm. even though the current government is more friendly to Russian interests than the previous what? government, like... <laughs>
0: Is the government more fairly to Russia in the like, sense so it's actually been more like okay we're being pragmatic because like they're our neighbor. They're,
2: they're, yeah, that we have to work with them. We can't just like they're a bunch of dicks. You know? in their we face. gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah,
1: yeah I think it's a it's, it's a combination though. So like what happened with the Rosal Revolution, the mentality I was talking about the Soviet yeah. mentality of like oh we can't change anything, we gotta depend on Moscow. That yeah. changed.
2: Because yeah. you guys still had Shevardnadze was the Soviet boss down there, and then when yeah. Georgia became independent, he just transitioned his business card yeah. to now I'm president of, of, of yeah. independent Georgia. The so common yeah. pattern. Basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, there was a lot of corruption. You can really differentiate lines between like government, business, and organized crime. So he was a, he wasn't a good place to be, but. L- Little, the- Russia. <laughs> Little Russia. Little <laughs> <laughs> Russia. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the Georgian touch. Yeah. We tried to distance ourselves from that. But,
0: but- I know that in the 2000s, like the early 2000s, when that happened, the 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 russians got way more aggressive like oh georgia like no you can't move away from us like this and like i think that's when they started supporting more of the uh of the
2: the quote-unquote independent states that happened at the same time as the revolution in ukraine Mm -hmm. in that area and the color revolutions they called it and there was this idea that you know these are voice of america funded cia backed um, pro-Western coups against whatever, you know. Naturally, the Georgians and the Ukrainians and such and such, they want to be a part of Russia, because why wouldn't they want to be a part of Russia? I know he doesn't, bro- lo- he I doesn't know- love Russia. <laughs> hey, don't you guys yeah, miss yeah. those yeah, days? This is all just scheming and manipulating in the background.
3: So, there, I mean, there are lots of interesting dynamics we've seen since the collapse of the Soviet Union in many of the post-Soviet republics. But I find the comparison between Georgia and Ukraine and their political developments since then, and Russia's responses to their political developments since then, to be especially interesting. Would any of you care to comment on what you see as particularly similar or distinct in how things have played out in those two cases between Ukraine and Georgia?
2: Well, you have similar, I mean, I don't know so much in Georgia, but in Ukraine, Mm -hmm. the Um, There are, you know, the lines between Russian and Ukrainian are often fluid. You know, most people speak both languages. Most people have family (laughs) across the country. Hence the Nesk region. There's been, yeah, there's been a a manipulation of, you know, specific parties and, you know, like uh, raising of ethnic, um, you know, resentments, old resentments, that kind of thing and um to the advantage to keep these i mean we call them frozen conflicts and you know and and they're kind of meant for russia to have their finger on the pulse of the situation to raise it or lower the temperature as they choose in a certain mm-hmm. way and that certainly applies to ukraine and it probably applies to georgia as well yeah
1: i would say uh, ukraine is basically a larger case of georgia so both yeah. countries like face similar issues coming out of the soviet union um they had a corrupt political part, uh, corrupt politics um organized crime the mix of like illegal activities business politics but in georgia to kind of stop that was much easier because georgia is a very small country so if you think about it i think it's less than four million people so the job of kind of breaking out of that was much easier in georgia and then you have what you were saying like more national unity in the sense of yeah. georgians speak georgians
2: yeah yeah the um... It, there's been a lot of changes in government in Ukraine in the past, you know, 20 years. But what there hasn't been a change in is, you know, the oligarchs in power, right? And, and yeah. arguably the Ukrainian oligarchs have more influence than the Russian ones. It's going right to
0: change now, now so. with, um, yeah. um <laughs> God, I can't
2: think of his name now. With, uh... John Stewart of the Ukraine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: And we we did an episode of it and we talked about it. I can't yeah. remember his name now. Um, but yeah. I mean I, it, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Um I have, a, I
2: have a bridge in Crimea to sell you if you believe. Oh, that. Zelensky? Zelensky, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well I mean he, he says he's anti Augarch and he's gonna change things, we'll see how it goes. But anyway, yeah. but,
3: I, but, there's Definitely, some consistent reporting that he has very close ties to at least one of the. Yeah, but it's like if, so it yeah,
0: kind we'll of see. makes sense for that country. We're not going to talk about Ukraine. You got to you
2: got got to have a sugar daddy if you want to go anywhere in politics. <laughs> not but. wrong, but,
3: like, but that I mean is a connection point though. What about the situation with oligarchs in in Georgia? How much does that play into this? There's yeah, there's definitely. at least at least one who's been. Uh, d- they're just one. We those, can say it. there's just the one. richest, <laughs> the,
1: richest <laughs> the, the biggest whale of the pond. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> they're just one. So, uh, so some of you who don't know, uh, Pyotr Ivanishvili, he he's a Russian oligarch who made the money in the '90s in Russia, which was uh, notoriously like. um illegal time to make money and then (laughs) and then he he's been in georgia for a while now he came and he founded the georgian dream coalition so the ruling party the ruling coalition that's in georgia is basically based on ivanishvili and without ivanishvili you wouldn't have the georgian dream coalition so if right now tomorrow he left the georgian dream Dream coalition would basically the georgian dream would
0: die
1: yeah he would (laughs) die (laughs) it's basically based on his like He's financing, and then the whole idea is that he during the Sakashvili time he was actually funding a lot of projects for building um, culture or supporting institutional development, like in um, for police, for example. But when he came to power in two thousand twelve, he kind of took on a more political role, and that's that that his dream, his coalition party has been in power now for seven years, and their whole platform was anti-Sakashvili. So forget policies or anything else; they just
2: so once Chuck that, sounds daily, familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Reminds me of, yeah. United Russia and Russia, you know, the former president of Ukraine, his whole, you know, I'm, I'm against oligarchs even though I'm the chocolate king of Ukraine. <laughs> I don't really have a position except Russia's bad. So like, they apparently yeah. still keep him in like a, like a nice, like flat, like a uh, uh, Dasha,
0: like outside Russia. They keep who? who? Uh, uh, chocolate king. Poroshenko? Poroshenko, yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's well, still in politics he's just no never mind i think of someone else yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, the, yeah the former the former president president the guy who was, who was during the uh, the oh uh, thinking yanukovych, yanukovych? Yeah, yeah yeah that's who i was thinking not no, no Poroshenko was just like i'm, a, I'm a, my, whole, my whole my whole my policy stance is is fuck russia and like my <laughs> own
2: political this this is my own political vehicle we're going to make ourselves independent but <laughs> yeah that works yeah
0: um so we haven't really touched on like, i think the most recent thing that pisses off a lot of georgians was oh. the uh the 08 Georgian, Russo-Georgian oh. War. Oh, yeah. let about elephants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like, we haven't got to
3: that. that and the the, the, the... a lot of elephants in this room. <laughs> it's
0: not that big of a room. But, um... which, which is part of the problem, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. Which I, the, the, the... What elephant? Not to say there was something funny about it. But the funny thing I do remember about it um, was... Being in the states and people, like some dumb motherfuckers on Twitter, like, "Oh my God, the Russians inv- invade in Georgia! I'm ready for them. I got my guns." It's like, <laughs> oh, I remember
1: that. It's not that man. Like, uh, like,
0: legitimately. Round up, round up the boys. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: like we gotta right. fight these comics
0: It's like, I'm, I got, I mean, I'm all for that. it, I guess. Where's, I sort of, but it's like where's, there's where's a Burt Reynolds <laughs> to help <laughs> us fight them off.
2: So, do you want to like a rundown on what happened and the lasting implications? of
1: yeah. Oh, sure. So the Christians. Russian Georgian War, that happened in 2008 um, in August. And what happened was uh, when we were talking about earlier about Abkhazia, there's another um, region in Georgia, South Ossetia. And that again, Russia stoked separatist uh, sentiment there and was supporting separatism in that part of um, a Georgian territory. And then on in August, I think the specific day was this is like, this is the interesting part of it. Uh, there are experts who debate who started the war. But it honestly comes down to South Ossetia is Georgia's territory. So when you get Russian troops entering another country's territory, yeah. you have an invading country. Yeah, people, so, so like you can debate why they entered it or how they entered it. But the fact is Russia yeah. invaded Georgia, well, it, basically. Like, the
2: first thing that sparked it was Shachisvili's decision to move into the capital of South Ossetia with Georgian troops. I mean, you can argue it's still Georgia. Mm-hmm. So, well, like, but, they, but, weren't, but weren't, they, was, weren't they, yeah. they shelling like, like, nearby Georgian... like. Village, yeah, it, like there were there were like, provocations, yeah. that, but people think maybe he bit, above, bit off well, more than he could choose. Well, but but I, think, what,
0: I think the other thing, sorry, oh, real quick, ahead. is like it was like uh, uh, which was it's been a view this brought up a couple times was that he thought he had more U.S. backing than he did. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, we weren't clear, like we weren't well, clear yeah. with Saddam well, in well, yeah. '89. <laughs> well, it's like well, it's 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 really it's interesting because um, so Operation Enduring Freedom, mm-hmm. which is like the whole like Afghanistan like, campaign, is also yeah. like. About six other locations. And um, also in Georgia, had Operation During Freedom Monday to train Georgian soldiers to fight terrorism in the, uh, what's that gorge?
1: A Upankisi Gorge. Yeah, because
0: they're like, oh, there's terrorists. It's like, well, there's not, but you're we're pissing off the Russians because we were basically train, training up Georgian special forces.
1: I mean, Russia is going to be annoyed at, like, anything whatever, yeah, anything Georgia does that, that reasserts Georgia's yeah. independence. But, I mean, yeah. e- even leading up to, you um, know, August 2008, the Russian forces were building up. So, it wasn't just Russia being cut off guard and be like, oh, hey, we're going to quote unquote protect South Ossetia. They were kind of preparing it for it. They had um, equipment near the border and everything. So, at the end of the day, so like what happened afterwards was after the war, uh, Russians bombed different villages around Georgia, and there were more internally displaced people out of um, South Ossetia. And I mean, it's still frozen. It's it's become. A, I don't want to call it a frozen conflict, but I feel like it has become much of a frozen conflict. And then steadily
2: yeah. moving out the border. Yeah, I mean, you have people yeah. who the, remember those interviews. From, I think it was like last year. The, the farmer who's been in Georgia for his entire life, but he's like interviewing over a barbed wire fence because yeah. the Russians kind of like steadily creep in and expand the border.
1: Yeah,
3: and South Ossetia <laughs> and Abkhazia <creeping> are already <laughs> <laughs> approximately a fifth of. Georgia's territory between them. Yeah, so that, this is not like a, a minor little sliver on the border no, that no, we're talking no. about. This is
1: twenty so, yeah. percent of Georgia's territory, and like what you were saying, Lex, that that border it has we I think they've called it creep annexation, of like slowly moving the border closer. Like it you got know.
0: darker, and then there's like now it's the like fence is in my backyard. Like it with your heel. <laughs> it's like, no one's looking. Yeah. Nobody's like, looking. Yeah. 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 It, it, Yeah, I mean, it was it was less subtle, subtle than a than Little Green Men, (laughs) but it's still a very blunt thing of like so.
2: And then to have a Russian MP speaking in the middle of this, you know, forgetting about you know the war in two thousand eight, the the fact that there's this creeping annexation going on, and you have a Russian MP talking on the place of you know you invite foreign dignitaries like how Mm -hmm. Congress invites. Sometimes, yeah. Officials. When they fucking yeah. fucking BB to fucking Net speaker, yikes. yeah. Fuck that guy. Uh, like, well or, or whoever. But like, that yeah. makes more sense than this. Stuff. Like, yeah, you
0: know, <laughs> like, like, yeah. He's an ally. He's still a bad person, but he's still an ally. Oh, well, he's still yeah. president. We'll see how long it lasts. But um, the other thing was. Well, if if I can kind of
3: build though on something that you raised, Ryan, you mentioned. This issue of a misperception of how much backing that Saakashvili had when he made the move to try and sort of push back on the separatists during the time that the 08 war started. I mean, the degree of security cooperation Mm -hmm. between Georgia and the US and NATO Mm -hmm. has been an evolving complicated yeah. dynamic for for years that is still ongoing uh, lots of different open questions and talks on that and i'm sure a lot of that factors into both how different factions within georgian politics perceive their relationship with russia and how the russian government <laughs> perceives developments <laughs> yeah. in georgian politics
2: is there actually a lot of I mean, Georgia's small country, small army, but they had a significant portion of that were in Iraq at the time, and they like people were, you know, thinking because of the U.S. Georgian relation, like military to military relationship, there'd be some. The level of support was essentially us ferrying them back so they could fight the Russians, right? It wasn't like it. It was kind of that was about the extent of the. Yeah, I mean, we we certainly did. we
3: certainly didn't get. Actively engaged Which, in, in any yeah. way. And, and, it's tough. To... <laughs> yeah, and frankly, we didn't have any sort of formal agreements that no. would indicate no. that we would. The problem is often in all kinds of situations, not just this one, a gap between perceptions of implied levels of support yeah. and collaboration versus what's actually either on paper or solidly locked yeah. down by incentives enough.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I think Secretary Rice actually had an op-ed, I think it was in the Washington Post, saying how we, uh, how we didn't abandon Georgia um, when the war happened in 2008. But, I mean, the ramifications are um, still there, what you're talking about, Lex, and kind of explain why the protests happened in the first place. Uh, because you have something that builds up, and then you have this symbol of a government institution, by an occupying country's official spokesperson, and that was kind of like, okay, <laughs> something's gotta give.
2: No. Yeah, yeah. Well, was something like eighty-five percent of Georgians view Russia as a threat, right? An active, a political yeah. threat. Because like, yeah. apparently,
0: there's been like uh, more involvement, in, like disinformation campaigns, like mostly anti-West stuff, because they want to try to
2: sever that bridge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we... doing, but but it, it doesn't seem to be taken. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Pickard, mm-hmm. but it. it there's been an uptick in this kind of misinformation and Russia's trying to beef up its soft power, positive image. All but like, are but like, no, is, are people buying it? it doesn't...
1: So I think, I think there's, there's differentiation. So Georgians don't like the Russian government, but yeah. they're fine with the Russians. Right. Because I mean, Russian tourists, I think them number, their official numbers are like more than a million tourists. I oh, yeah. visited Georgia. And then when you, I, I go back every year to visit. And then when you talk to people, they have nothing against Russians, right. like people, um, they just don't like put in like, for obvious reasons, and the Russian government. Um, but I, in terms of soft power, I mean, Russia is always trying to yeah. uh, kind of deploy that in Georgia, and I think this kind of showed that limits to that those
2: efforts. Yeah, There's one of the the responses of the Russian government. It was interesting. They saw this as kind of a a Russophobic outburst or something. And, that's PR. And, and, well, they yeah, But, they in, but in response, they canceled, like they said oh well that safety and you know of the Russian or the Georgian Airlines aren't allowed to fly to Russia because safety issues and all that One and, Russian and, and Georgian wines to to Georgia. need to be inspected better yeah this is for no and reason they literally no but they literally said as soon as they stop being so Russophobic we'll, we'll restart these even though the implied reason for this is some sort of safety inspection Yeah, have, have you seen Russian like, aircraft holy shit yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they follow this guy more than Malaysia Airlines like oh, 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 oh. oh, oh, oh. oh Ryan oh <laughs> No, no, I'm wrong, no. No, I'm not wrong though. I'm not right, they just,
2: they right, right in the service to air missile system or the black hole for me to try to the other one. I'm technically
0: not wrong though. They just, they just don't fucking. No, they don't, they don't blow up in it's, the it's air. They just crash yes, in the ground. Like
2: many things. I mean, it's they they bullshit. come in still. Like, so, yeah, yeah, but like the
1: funny thing is, like Russian government said that, and the Russians are like, "What are you talking about? We we're fine. Like, we
2: already know. We already know what the reason is. We're not. You know, it's what. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't need to give us this bullshit excuse. Yeah. 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 just like it
0: just Petty shit from Russia, as per usual. I mean, in so. Uh,
1: w- I mean, it's it's petty though. But if you think about it, it actually it follows, a it well, follows a pattern. It follows a pattern. They've done the same thing with Ukraine and cutting off gas. They've done a similar thing before. But what they do by doing that is actually undermining their future economic cooperation with different countries because that shows them that
2: every time you get into a spat, well, yeah, you turn well they
1: the don't on. they don't think yeah. I don't
0: exactly. Think they, I don't think they view it in that way. I think they view it as a. Military, like a militarily strategic way, because like
2: their border states, they want that buffer zone. Yeah, well, but, but if have... I'm, you know, if I'm a business that wants to do some cross-border activity between Russia and Georgia or any of their near abroad, or Ukraine or I'm, any other near I'm countries, I'm taking a second look, or I'm hiring a bigger legal team, or I'm, you know, so expenses are going to go up when you worry about is, you know, like with with the United States now, if the president tweets something that mm-hmm. harms my share price, it's a similar political it, risk. Yeah, One people. It, you know, uh, business, we love, or, you know, businesses love boring, yeah. like, and predictable. And but,
1: oh, go ahead. Uh, no, just, I was going to repeat the same thing, just saying that doing that undermines, uh foreign investment into Russia, because mm-hmm. it's saying that economic ties depend on politics, yeah. and that's just another risk that businesses have to take into consideration. Yeah, the more
2: the country you want to do business with is in the headlines, the less you want to do business with them. <laughs>
3: but one of the things that's interesting i think is that this fits into a broader historical pattern that's not exclusive to russia and its neighbors but that's more generalizable which is Mm. you regularly find tensions very very complicated tensions between large regional or great powers And their smaller neighbors, Mm -hmm. where you have smaller neighbors having an overriding concern about interference and domination from a regional or global great power Mm. that's near them that has the capacity to do a lot to interfere. Whereas you have these regional and great powers worried about sort of... A reflexive sense of a need to control their environment because of the challenges that they see themselves as facing from other regional and great powers rather than the small countries so you have two very different sets of incentives you have mm-hmm. the small countries worried about uh, maintaining independence mm-hmm. um, and you have your larger regional and great powers not necessarily taking those concerns so seriously because they're so worried about their relationships with much bigger powers and they see their relationships with their smaller neighbors in terms of those games instead
1: so i think that's that's what russia has been um saying saying that you know like when nato expanded that that they kind of viewed that as a threat and they see ukraine kind of restarting its independence as something to watch out for in the same thing that's happening in Georgia. But at the end of the day, though, if it's a regional power, if it's so worried about its near proximity, it's it just shows weakness internally. Because if we we look at Russia and Russia's foreign policy over the last, I don't know, like 10 years um, internally, it's not doing so well. But if we talk about if we talk about Russia, like everything that we talk about is like oh Russia and Georgia, Russia, Russia and the U.S., Russia and Ukraine. So everything has be- become external because it's easier to sell internally. Um, and the whole threat of like oh N- NATO expansion into like near Russia, and obviously we have to take that into consideration. Of that's worrying. What that's what's worrying um, Russian officials. But at, at the end of the day, though, it's a. Uh, we live in a world with a different world order where countries are independent and they seek national interests and then if a regional power like Russia wants to keep them under their orbit, that's just not very democratic.
3: Well, it's not, but we also see this pattern with, with China and many of its neighbors, yeah. for example, and how these weird conflicting layers of geopolitical priorities get in the way of what could be very productive economic ties and people-to-people ties Mm -hmm. that already have roots to draw on, but get constrained from some of these weird conflicts. And frankly, you've seen periods in American history where the United States has had weird domestic dynamics at various points in the 19th and 20th (coughs) century that Mm -hmm. led to us engaging in... Unwise levels of interference in Latin America for I mean helping democracy grow.
1: Rob, <laughs> I, I wouldn't equate <laughs> fuck. Uh, honestly, I, I, I get it. I get yeah. it. I I agree. Yeah, the US, like were really as the U.S. was like <laughs> establishing itself <laughs> as a country, it was more interventionist. But I wouldn't equate what uh, what the U.S. was doing at a completely I, different century with what Russian uh, oh, China I, are doing today. I,
3: I don't mean to equate them necessarily or to justify what's going on with Russia now so much to say that it fits these broader patterns that we see in history. And if you want to bring about change and you want to Mm -hmm. get the toxic behavior to stop, you've got to understand those contexts and incentives that aren't always unique to one situation versus another. There are lessons you can draw from other cases.
0: Uh, Ryan? Yeah, so a couple of things. Um, I want to say a couple of things less we towards the end so i want to hit some couple of things but uh first like yeah okay rob calm down being a russian apologist really <laughs> yeah because that's what I, that's clearly what i'm always uh, known for that's yeah not, that's right that was my takeaway um, <laughs> um and then on the 8 war what was really interesting about me there's all the terrible shiplets like first real good deployment of electronic warfare and cyber shit. they disabled all the comms for basically the georgian military very
2: interesting during the yeah the, the O eight uh,
0: conflict yeah. yeah they they it was it was insane
2: well, yeah and then they realized they couldn't communicate with their frontline units and they had to borrow cell phones from civilians <laughs> they were they were walking by well I mean Russians so, were like they, I mean they still use like you yeah. know
0: cans and fucking <laughs> wire but
2: that right? was uh, that was large <laughs> yeah. uh, that was um, by a lot of military analysts out there that was kind of seen as a sort of a testing yeah. of the 20- no it definitely twenty first century Russian yeah. military because there were a lot of kinks like a lot of there were a lot of russian planes that got shot down by patriot i think it was patriot missile systems by, that were yeah, yeah. by georgians so there were that was kind of their proving and then ukraine was kind of the you know the the beta version
3: well but that also i mean that raises an interesting distinction that we often confuse which is we talk about information warfare in terms of public opinion news mm-hmm internet communications and so forth. Typical electronic warfare and electronic countermeasures in terms of military communications and command and control, Mm -hmm. those are two distinct things. And if we're looking at Russian behavior and Russian capabilities, we need to distinguish what they have done and what capabilities they have on both of those fronts. Uh-huh. Because the way that they applied some of their electronic warfare capabilities in their aggression in Georgia is distinct from the stuff that they do trying to manipulate public opinion in Georgia or Ukraine or others, mm-hmm. other cases in more of a gray zone environment. And they're both threats, but they are not things we should smush together as though they're the same.
2: Yeah, we should have a yeah. do an episode. It, they can be gray. deployed separately. Or yeah,
3: definitely.
1: T- yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, we should have do an episode on Great Warfare or something. But I mean, the, the really the main thing I wanted to come back to as making my comments was, uh, so uh, the protests, did they get what they wanted? Are they going to continue? Like, it, what were their demands, and what was been what has been met?
1: So they they made a number of demands. They demanded one that the Speaker of Parliament resign. Um, they demanded that did, and he,
0: did. he did. He did.
1: He did. Uh He initially refused to resign, but when he so saw. The protest was still ongoing. He's like, "Okay, I gotta go." To the, and and Pitchforks, holy shit! Yeah, so he resigned. Which? Another one was that the interim minister for to resign, and he's still holding out and saying which, that he won't resign. Which is so
2: stupid. Which is so dumb. Cause it's like it's
1: politically, it's a blunder move. I so don't do
2: it. You'll get reassigned somewhere. You'll get your pension. But what's crazy to yeah, me yeah, be seeing the pictures? Oh no, he'll pay for you. The pictures of it, like whole there were a lot of american flags there and they weren't on fire which is not a protest you see very often yeah.
1: i mean Georgia's like we've had political change but i think the constant has been the orientation like towards the eu yeah. and uh the u.s yeah but um the funny thing was some some people some protesters tried to burn um georgian dream coalition flags but with the eu EU regulation they have to be anti-flame um yeah so we just thought he was
0: like (laughs) they can't (laughs) protest so they can't burn our flags suckers uh but everyone hates the eu but um that was
2: it's funny because like that's east you know the the new europe the eastern europe that was how it is until recently where you know you see a lot of anti-EU Poland. Hungary for sure. Yeah, Georgia. Has che- a Even constant, the Czech Republic yeah. has it, their president. Jimmy, mean, is...
0: I mean, Czechia.
2: Czechia. Fucking stupid. Czechia. out. <laughs> Shout God. That was fun, you, you, <laughs> had to, you had to. It's like,
0: it's like I was like I was I was, was waiting a... for it. It's, it's been about forty well, minutes. Well, you haven't
2: it. done yes. it yet. you like, had uh, to get that uh, in. Yeah, yeah. I got to drop my bomb.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Just like Russians, but like um, <laughs> Womp, Sorry, that's not funny. Um, womp
0: Womp. But uh, so in in the, they there's some changes to the election stuff. Uh, so
1: so yes yeah. so initially they I don't know actually don't know if this is a positive thing for Georgia so what the Georgian Dream coalition said that uh, they were planning for the next election to 42 not this coming election but the one after it 2024 yeah. to be proportional election and I think, they is, is that
0: like a confessional kind of system almost like they like get like, I, mean, I first thought it comes to my mind with it.
1: Yeah, but then they also lowered the threshold. So basically, like, uh, anybody who gets enough votes, it doesn't need to be, like, a 5% of the population, whatever, gets into parliament. So then w- I feel like that could end up
0: going really badly. Oh Yeah, Georgia. we are talk to some dumb motherfuckers You shouldn't be there. So we, you have to agree, we love Nazis. Like, what the fuck?
1: Like, yeah, but so that was supposed to go into effect in 2024. And now that it's quote's going to
3: be taken out of context for the rest of your career now, Ryan.
0: What career?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but but now they're gonna use that man. in twenty in twenty twenty next year so we'll see but I mean like protests I think are gonna keep going they don't they don't show any signs of slowing down well, on... is like
0: so what... sorry that's go ahead off. Um, I'm just I'm who I am like, so, like um, <laughs> you know up? me uh, we've been friends a long time but like no um so are they are gonna go to an interim minister steps out or it's gonna be like a Maidan kind of thing where they're gonna protest like every fucking day for foreseeable future for like. For unknown unknown reasons and changes that they want to have.
1: For this one, I think so. Usually, protests when you have protests, sometimes they they don't have demands; they're very ad hoc. But for this one, it has been different because they had very specific demands. They yeah, said, "Fuck the Russia," mostly. <laughs> well, they came around anti-corruption, anti-Russia sentiment, and then yeah. it was the speaker has to go, interior minister has to go. You need to start investigations to see. Like, when police used uh, excessive force for them to be punished, and then some of the protesters were arrested, and they were demanding they be released and tried under due law. So, they were actually pretty concise, like, set well, demands.
0: Do the protesters have permission to protest? Like, permits and such?
1: I mean... I doubt it because when they first started um, it was just a
0: bunch of people showing up that's yeah no, 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 this was no, a no, very no, no, quick turnaround no, the, so yeah. I, had a, I had this on oh, the first re- day or two it was like that that Do makes you sense. mean like, right now i mean yeah i mean i i don't I, yeah the oh, I don't it's a thing it's like as a security person it's just like it, I, I want them to be able to purchase but it's like you gotta get the permits and like, if the georgian government denies them that's, that's a different thing there's
2: so many ways for institutions to like oh here's a free speech zone and like, yeah. you know, this is like safety and all that. Yeah, concerns, and, 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 which and it's, sure. it's not be, totally wrong.
0: And it'd be like, stupid. yeah no it's not because like the thing is like, it, I know I saw some stuff like you know, basically people like closing down bridges and that kind of stuff. And it's just like you. Yeah, you, but like they do the, the same kind of thing people. around
2: Trump rallies. Like any counter protesters, they isolate. And, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Have it, the secret it's a secret service. It's, a very, it's a
0: very organized up. thing. And protests yeah. in DC are never. Yeah. People don't go protesting like like you know. At Hawk, like oh we won't just gather i mean i least i've seen uh, other except f- for the inauguration, oh i see your guys. point I see your point
1: I, so i think in this particular case i'm not sure but i think from what i've seen it still falls under freedom to assembly um right of people yeah in yeah. this particular case but i see your point
0: yeah i mean like i, I don't agree if they're the the day one like june 20th like a res- response to the protest like you we're know, mm-hmm. just going like to clear one very violently it's like you're gonna get not a good response when you do that
2: shit. It's, yeah, it's, a, good it's a, police it's a... forces show flexibility in certain situations. Like, yeah, there's sometimes you want to crack down on that, but like, there. Are I, ways was, when I was it gets, I, I was yeah. shocked by the public safety's got to be I was, your I first. I was
1: very shocked because right. what you saw is the protests happened on the same day Russia. they deployed right. the force. So. They didn't try negotiating. Right. They didn't try talking to people. And then ten minutes earlier, Prime Minister said that police would not use force, and the police used force. Right. And then you have like so many injured, some people permanently disabled, well, which it wasn't necessary.
0: Oh no! It was. I guarantee you, what the most issue was was uh, people fucking stampeding, running over each other, trying to fucking get away. I'm, I'm surprised people didn't die. I guess mostly like looking at yeah, now, we that got fortunate. People people yeah, I, 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 I mean, that's the most fortunate thing. But still, like 200 small people got hurt, and it's like that's too much because like there's only like. You know, twenty people who live in Georgia, so it's just (laughs)
2: like—I think twenty-four people. (laughs) Sorry, I mean twenty-five. When you go back? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, what do we expect from Russia's continued responses to this? Because Russia is still. I I think they'll the, figure that out. Yeah. Well, but I I think the leadership is.
1: Do mean prepared? caught up? They are yes. caught up. <laughs> Beat be me to it. Beat me to
3: it. But the Russian leadership are caught up in their own domestic and international priorities that, mm-hmm. frankly, do not include respect for the sovereignty of Georgia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> to That's... say the least. <laughs> and so, that I mean their their tendency Armenian is cubs. to be Georgian cubs. <laughs> They're, they're ten- I mean, we talked about this sort of, this broader historical pattern mm-hmm. of, of large powers having a different set of incentives mm-hmm. with respect to their neighbors that often lead to them being prone to interfere. But Russia has a history of being especially aggressive mm-hmm. uh, you know, in that regard. What do we expect to see in the next weeks, months,
0: years? And we're running out of time, so final thoughts. Uh, I think it's a good note to close. Yeah, on it, it is. very good question, just for the record. Okay.
1: <laughs> to be very quick, uh, I think Russia is watching what's uh, unfolding work? in Georgia very closely. They, I doubt they know what they're going to do. They're going to try not to escalate it, but using economic measures as a political consideration is something to consider. Um, but I don't think they're going to probably not going to take any major moves, but they're watching this very closely. Great.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Alex, you have
2: nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's unusual. <laughs>
2: oh I'm deferring to you yeah. yeah, well, the token Georgian.
3: <laughs> I will throw in my own. Of course you will. Uh, yeah, <laughs>
0: every fucking time. Even Ev- last every episode. It's the SSS episode last Okay, Come on, quickly.
3: <laughs> so, I think my last oh, briefly, sorry. Brief thought on this <laughs> is we can expect make it make a great we game. can expect continued aggressive and probably disproportionate uh russian response to a lot of this situation whatever tactical form it might take we don't know but Mm -hmm. i think i think u.s officials need to acknowledge and european officials need to acknowledge that this is not something that is happening far far away that has no effect on us yeah they're white too they're
1: ryan
0: i'm sorry the u.s government now what
3: (laughs) this is something that has systemic implications I, I mean what happens with Russian interference in Georgian politics has broader implications for the whole Eurasian region and for Russia's behavior abroad and that has huge implications for the US and the EU and so we do have a stake in it we should be paying attention and we should be attempting to find ways to steer russia away from aggressive behavior because it's there's not just a moral imperative there's also a strategic imperative and when those two coincide that's a pretty good case for action yeah
2: and it's also important to not um you know just because there's a bigger brother there's a you know a larger power and a smaller power in this that doesn't mean that that is this is you know obviously going to go one way you see in armenia they recently yeah. had issues there, oh, and, and, yep. and Armenia is, is <laughs> it's not not a, not a province of Russia, episode. but it's it has, a, it's, has a permanent has military a, base. It has, a, it has a permanent it has a very, very much more positive relationship with Russia than uh, Georgia does. And Code even dependent. there was there was some significant pushback that, um, domestic pushback there that forced the government to reconsider uh, deployments of Russian forces within that country. So if they could have it, if you know the domestic civil population could have that kind of impact there you know in, in Georgia it's um, a much it'll be much more difficult for Russia to make their headway in terms of you know ch- ch- uh, channeling hearts and minds or whatever <laughs> so no. it's it's you know it's not it's not so clear cut one way like what Russia wants what Russia gets
0: so no I, I think this is not Russia gonna go away ch- 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 any <laughs> This uh, I don't think this is something that's going to go away in the next couple weeks. I think it's going to this will be like a lasting impact because Russia's going to take it too fucking seriously, and then um, the U and and the U S will not do enough with it to like basically like strongly like, worded letters. Not even that. Which like, <laughs> oh, Trump be like, well, I like Putin because you, know, he, uh, you know he uh he know he did his reach around, so it's fine. Um,
2: <laughs> God, I thought I was the one dropping bombs. <laughs>
0: Yes, and with that, Putin hugs <laughs> Trump. Anyway, that was almost dramatic. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. 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 That was good. I like that. I like that.